Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Here's irony that while Jonah was rebelling to share with a group of Gentiles in Nineveh, God causes the salvation of a group of Gentiles on this boat. Um, and, and, and he will eventually get Jonah to Nineveh. And so I put down in my notes for verse 16 that many times God works despite us. He doesn't always work because of us, sometimes despite how we're doing, because he's sovereign, because God can take anything and use it, because God is out to save people. Have you ever felt like God was working against you? Maybe his answer to your prayer isn't what you were expecting, or maybe it felt like he wouldn't answer at all. Today, Pastor Bill speaks about God's sovereignty. Even if it doesn't always feel like God's allowing what is best for us, we need to remember that Christianity isn't a cakewalk. In fact, we're guaranteed to face tribulation in our lives because of our faith. But everything that God allows in our life is for our own spiritual betterment. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Jonah chapter 1 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Sometimes, I mean, God, there, in the gospel, there are times where God let there, there were storms. He was showing the disciples how, who he was and, you know, causing them to have greater faith. But there are times when God sends storms of correction. What you're doing is so wrong that in my mercy and my love and my concern and my involvement in your life, I'm going to cause a storm. So that you'll look up. You'll, you'll know when the storm comes, why it's there. You'll know what's going on. And so God sends a storm. It says a great tempest. Uh, you know, the, the, the water was... You know, the water, the wind, everything else while you're in a boat. It says the boat was about to be, the ship was about to be broken up. I've been in a boat that was, you know, kind of harsh waters, but I've never been in a boat that was about to be broken up. But I, I would imagine if you're out in the middle of the sea and you're in a boat that's getting beat up and about to be broken up, I'd imagine that would be a scary thing. And so look at verse five. Then the mariners that uh, were afraid, the mariners are all the other people on the boat that Jonah's on. Just to note, these are non-believers. These are pagan mariners. We'll see. The mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and they threw cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. So these non-believing mariners on the boat, when they saw what was happening, they were afraid. They start calling out to their gods. But what happens when your God is not really a God? You call out to him and what happens? That's everybody around you that don't know the, the true and living God. You know, our, our message is through the I am statements. We knew that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father except through him. Your non-believing friends that are looking to Buddha or Muhammad or the greater power or some spiritual wuka wuka, you know, in the air. When they pray to that, then nothing happens. They got no power, no connection to nothing. That's what's happening here. All these non-believers are calling out to their gods and nothing's happening because they don't know God. They got some false, uh, you know, misrepresentation of who God is. But they're calling out. And nothing's happening as they cry out to their gods. And then it says that they started taking their cargo and throwing it overboard, lightening their load. Here's an interesting thing, too. Our sin, now, Jonah's sin is costing these people, right? How come they, they're throwing their cargo? This is what they were, probably what they, they took the boat somewhere and they're going somewhere else to carry cargo. This is their money maker. They're throwing their stuff overboard because they, they look, they, we might die. Let's lighten the load up and see if this doesn't help us out. Our sin never only affects us. Um, and some people think, well, this only affects me. This is just my little personal sin. Never true. Your sin always is always a collateral effect. Your sin always affects more than just you. And it's a selfish person that feels like, oh, it's just me. In their mind, all they see is them. So it just only affects me, but it affects everybody. 
It affects your parents, your kids. If you're married, your marriage partner, it affects other people. Jonah's sin here is costing other people their stuff. Now it says in, in uh, the last part of verse five. So everybody's up top throwing stuff overboard, panicking, calling out to their pagan gods. And look at what it says about Jonah. But Jonah had gone down again into the lowest part of the ship and had and he had lain down and was fast asleep. How you sleep through that? This is a this is really scary, right? This tells me that Jonah was at peace in his rebellion. That's just that's a scary thing. Like he should have been losing sleep. He should have been uncomfortable. He's totally at peace in his rebellion. He's I mean, he, Jonah's like, I'm so glad I'm not going to Nineveh. Now let me go to sleep. I'm, I'm glad that's over with. He thought he thought he had got done. He thought he had got away with it. He thought he was moving on somewhere else. And this happens. There are people that feel like, you know what, I, I, I'm doing my own thing and I'm nothing happened. I got away with it. It worked out. Keep keep living. Live a little longer. Live a little longer. It's coming. Consequences are coming. If you ever felt like I'm getting away with it or I got away with it, know that eventually you will pay for what's going on. Uh, eventually uh, you, you will pay. There's a, it's a kind of funny story. I was I was trying to look it up to verify if it were true or not. And I. I found conflicting reports, but either way, uh, I don't know. If I, so I'm, I'm just a, a disclaimer. I don't know if it's actually true, but if it was true, it was it was a great it was a great idea anyway. So there was a man who bought uh, some very expensive cigars, um, and he went and got fire insurance to protect his very expensive cigars, and they gave him a fire insurance policy for his cigars. Um, then it says that he went on to smoke all the cigars. And after he had smoked all the cigars, he turned in the policy stating that the cigars had been burned in a series of small fires. Obviously, he smoked up each one and it burned up. And so the insurance company wanted to deny the claim, but in court they lost because they had given him the insurance and they had not specified, you know, that it couldn't be burned in, you know, certain kind of fire. So he won a judgment for, I forgot what it was, but it was, it was, it was, it was thousands, it was tens of thousands of dollars that he won. And so it looked like if that was true, it looked like this guy, I mean, what a, what a smart guy, you know, like buy some expensive cigars, pull out a policy on them, smoke them and get paid for them. Great. You're winning. You got away with it. But then it says the after after he won the claim, there was an immediate, uh, uh, I guess, the, the company, the, 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 what is it, the insurance company did a, a, a they did an immediate uh, whatever they do it. I don't know what they call it, but basically they, 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 they got him for arson. Because he was the one that set the fires. And so then, then he went to jail and he got fined and he lost. And so I, I was just looking at that like it, it, in one sense, it looked like, man, what a great, you know, he got away with it. He smoked all the cigars and got paid. And uh, but then they got him for arson and he went to jail and he had to pay the fine and he didn't win. So, again, I don't know if it's true or not, but here my point is, if you ever felt like I'm winning, I'm getting away with it. You are never getting away with sin. Ever, you never really get away with your sin. If you're writing notes. Write down Numbers 32, 23, and it tells us this, that be sure that your sin will do what? Will find you out. It's going to come sniffing behind you. Your sin will find you out. It will eventually catch up with you. Um, it's just, it's a fact. It's like, you know, it's like gravity, what goes up, comes down. Uh, this too is a spiritual fact. Your sin will eventually find you out. And so... Jonah's in rebellion. He's fast asleep in the boat, not a care in the world. They have to wake him up uh, to get him to call upon his God. Look at verse six. 
So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise and call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. So they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Back in this day, when they were trying to find out stuff, they would do this. It was a common thing. They would cast lots. They would have a group of sticks at different lengths. Um, they would be all even at the top. Everybody would pull one out and then you come back to the table and whoever had the shortest stick, your lot, it's your, it's your fault. So somehow it fell on Jonah. It was his fault. So it worked in this instance. And it was Jonah's fault that the storm was where it was. The lot fell on Jonah. And so verse eight says, then they said to him, please. Now, again, Jonah got on this boat, paid the fare. He went down into the bottom of the boat, went to sleep. I'm not even dealing with y'all. Y'all don't know me. I don't know you. Now, this is such irony, right? He's he's rebelling to go speak to some Gentiles in Nineveh. He's on a boat with some Gentile mariners that God is going to end up saving through his rebellion, which is crazy. But look at what happens. Verse eight. Then they said to him, please tell us for what cause this trouble has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So they pressed Jonah. They're like, wait a minute, bro. Your lot fell on you. What's your occupation? What do you do for a living? Where are you from? Who are your people? What's your nationality? Why is this happening to us because of you? It's your fault. And so Jonah, who thought I was on the boat getting ready to kind of just take it easy and just, they're, they're like, no, we're going to find out. We'll get to the bottom of this, Jonah. Verse 9. So he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So at this point, Jonah says, and, and I, I got to I kind of take issue with verse nine. Jonah says, I'm a Hebrew. But then he says, and I fear the Lord. Now, he don't look like he fears the Lord, does he? Right. The fear of the Lord to have you walking right. The fear of the Lord to have you going to Nineveh and not on a boat going to Tarshish. But Jonah said, look, I'm 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 a God fearing man. I fear the Lord. I'm on the boat, though, but I'm here and I fear the Lord. And um, the, the, the Lord who made the sea and the dry land, Jonah acknowledges as he's on the boat. Then the men again, the men were afraid. These non-believers are afraid as they look. They're like, oh, no. Um, they're exceedingly afraid as they realize that Jonah's God, this is a spiritual thing that's happening. They, they believe, these non-believers believe that Jonah's God is the real deal and that he's creating this storm. Look at verse 11. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea might be calm for us? For the sea was growing more temptuous, more, more, it was getting more, it was getting rougher and rougher out there. Now, what's the easy answer, Right. The, the, the problem is caused because God said go to Nineveh, he's going to Tarshish. What's the right answer here? What should Jonah have said? God, guys, this is what we can do for God to stop this. What, what do they need to do? Turn the boat around. You got to take me to Tarshish. God has got to stop all this mess. This is how hard Jonah's heart is. We're going to see. I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I'm read, I read this story cover to cover the last few weeks. And I'm like, this guy had a hard heart. I mean, it doesn't even heal at the end of the book. He just has a, a really hard heart. Um, Jonah is basically the option he could have gave them was let's go back to Nineveh and God will be pleased. It's all in. That's not what he's going to say, dude. Um, Jonah's not open. He's like, well, this is happening because I'm not obeying God. And they said, well, tell us what to do to make everything right with your God again, since it's all your fault. And in verse 11, I mean, verse uh, 12, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. 
Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Jonah said, you want the sea to stop raging? Throw me in it. Right. God, God's not after y'all. He's after me. Now, this is what's crazy to me that that I, I, I don't lose this term lightly. But Jonah at this point is saying, I would rather die than obey God. Rather die. Throw me overboard. I mean, there was easier options, Jonah. You could have just said, turn the boat around. Jonah said, throw me into the sea. I, I don't think he thought he was that great a swimmer. You know, Jonah's essentially saying, throw me overboard. I'll, let me die. I will die rather than obey God. Anybody here ever been that committed to your rebellion? I don't know. Don't raise your hand again. I, hands start, they, some of y'all, I'm like, well, stop raising your hand, you know. Um, I mean, think of that commitment to his rebellion. I'd rather die. I, I'm just, throw me overboard. I'm committed to death, to my sin. Some people are committed to death, to their sin, but they wouldn't say it up front. Um, some people are doing sins that are bringing about death and they're, they're, they won't stop them. And so there's a commitment to it, but it's not as forward as this. Jonah's saying, look, throw me overboard. I'd rather die. I'm not going to Nineveh. I so don't want them saved that I would rather die than go. Do you hate anybody that much? Anybody here got racism that run that deep? Nationalism that run that deep where it's like, I'd rather die than see them get saved. Uh, I hope not. I hope none of us. I hope. But if you do, I hope it's getting drawn out right now. Oh, God, I'll just work on all of our hearts that we realize that, man, this is that's not him. That's not what God is like. Jonah says, you know what? Throw me overboard and that'll fix it. Now, I want you to notice that these nonbelievers are merciful. Right. Jonah's already costed them stuff. Right. They've already had to throw stuff overboard. And now they're going to throw more stuff. Look at verse 13. It says, nevertheless, the men rode hard. To return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. So they tried to do it. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord. So look, these non-believers are now crying out to God. They're saying like they're, they're they're crying out to the God of Jonah. They're like God, Jonah's God, who's causing all this trouble. Look at what they say. They pray. This is their first prayer. These non-believers pray their first prayer. It says they cried out to the Lord and said, "We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life." And do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and they threw him into the sea and then the sea stopped raging. So check this out. I mean, imagine that you're a non-believer. You're in this boat. The winds are going, bam, bam. The boat is breaking up. You throwing stuff over and you guys pray a quick prayer. God, please don't get us for killing this man. But if this is this is it's his fault and you throw him into the water bloop, and the sea just stops. I, these men are like, whoa. Like they don't they don't know God. They don't know a real God. They've been praying to nothing their whole life. Right now, they've encountered the true and living God. And what God is going to do on the backdrop here. Right. On almost it almost looks like on accident. These men are all going to get saved. These men are getting ready to take vows and and, and commit their lives to God. Through, and I look at this. I think, wow. I mean, God is even through Jonah's rebellion. God is still looking to save some people. Because I'm going to show these men my power as they throw Jonah overboard. I'm going to show them how powerful I am as the sea is just going to stop instantly. They're going to know that they've encountered the true and the living God. And hopefully they never pick up their little pagan deities anymore. Hopefully now they know who God is as they've encountered me and interacted with me. And so they threw Jonah overboard. The sea stopped raging. And look at verse 16. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered sacrifices to the Lord and they took vows. The immediate response was they feared God exceedingly. That's the emphatic statement. 
and they start taking vows. You know, vows, they make a commitment. They say, God, we'll never do this again. Vows are when you commit to do or to not to do something anymore in the name of God. They start making commitments and vows to Jonah's God right here. And again, here's irony that while Jonah was rebelling to share with a group of Gentiles in Nineveh, God causes the salvation of a group of Gentiles on this boat. Um, and, and, and he will eventually get Jonah to Nineveh. And so I put down in my notes for verse 16 that many times God works despite us. He doesn't always work because of us, sometimes despite how we're doing, because he's sovereign, because God can take anything and use it, because God is out to save people, that he used this situation here to show himself strong to these mariners that they might believe in him and come to him. And so God is God is sovereign. God is in charge. And, and he saves these people in this way. And so now look at verse 17. It says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So here's another interesting thing, right? Jonah's thrown overboard. He should, that should be the end of the story. This could be a one chapter book, right? Jonah goes overboard. He dies, you know, and we just have a one chapter, you know, rebellious prophet storybook, you know. But God is sovereign and God's like, no, no, Jonah, you're not going to die today. Life and breath are in. I mean, God is saying no. And I, 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 I'm sensitive to this because I know there are people that struggle with thoughts of suicide, hurting themselves and everything else. And I, so I don't want to make light or make fun. I, I want to be careful how I say what I'm saying here. But in this instance, it's as though a man said, God, I'd rather die. And God said, no, yet. No, I'm, I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to intervene even here. And I know that there are people that have thought to do themselves harm, tried to do themselves harm, and it didn't work. They're still here. They make it through somehow. And I wonder if many times that's not God just saying, no, 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 I'm intervening. I I want to preserve that life. I'm not done here. Um, For whatever reason, Jonah, God says, no, I'm looking and thinking like that is a rebellious prophet. That's rebellion at the highest level. God, no, I'm going on a boat. Throw me overboard. And God's like, no, I got you. I got you, Jonah. I I know what it's going to take. And here's the thing for everybody here. Some of us have been through some tough places with the Lord. Some some of us have been through God's breaking process. Some of y'all are hard nuts. And God had to, you know, everybody's a little different. Some people, a little bitty thing from God and they just break. Some people, it just takes a whole lot more to bring them to the end of themselves, to bring them to a place of, of brokenness. I, I see that in my kids. I have some of my kids where I just could say a word and they're just, they're just ready to cry at my disapproval. I got other kids that you got to reach out and touch them real good. You know, just, a word ain't going to get it done. You know, it's just, just, they just different makeup. They're made different. So are you guys. Some of us, God, just a word from the Lord just break you up. Ah, broken, convicted, repenting, set a right. Some of y'all, God got to jump in your circumstances and shake up some things and, and make you uncomfortable at times. And he, and, and he loves you enough to do that. It says here that God prepared a great fish, right? That means I mean, when it says God prepared, because a little while later, God prepares a few more things. This is a specially prepared great fish. Most of your little kid storybooks got a whale. Um, I'm not saying it's not a whale, but I'm not saying it is a whale. God prepared. This might be a one off. This might be a custom one-off fish with a mouth big enough to swallow a man whole, not burn him with stomach acid and hold him alive for three days, give him time to repent because that's how long it's going to take Jonah. I want you to consider that. If you're Jonah and you're in rebellion, thrown overboard, some big fish, 
I, I mean, at what point do you say, God, I'm sorry? I messed up. It, I mean, is it, is it when you splash? I mean, is it, is it when the thing swallows you and you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to die. This, it's going to end like this. I mean, at what point do you repent? It takes a man three days and three nights. This becomes God's illustration in the New Testament for his, his, his resurrection. He's like, look, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so the son of man, he's going to say, will be in the belly of the earth three days and three nights and rise again. Um, Jonah becomes his example three days and three nights. That's a hard heart. I mean, how, 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 I mean, again, I, I, I don't know everybody here. There may be some hard hearts among us where God is pressing you and speaking to you and challenging you and you're still just riding out in rebellion. How long is it going to take for you to break? Right. That's that's what God does for Jonah. And I, I would say this, you know, it's this is very merciful of the Lord that he provided Jonah an option. You, you get to live. I'm going I'm to I'm make you live long enough to be able to repent so we can do this over. And Jonah's going to get time to repent. Maybe some of you, right? God has kept you to today, give you time to repent. And as we wrap up chapter one of this, this great book, and we're going to make our way through the whole book uh, in, the next, in the next three weeks, a few things I would ask you um, to consider for yourself. One, is there any of us that are, like Jonah, rebelling against a command or direction from the Lord? Or any of you here, like Jonah, and you're today you're here in rebellion to some command, some call, some some something God has told you to do or to not do. Is anyone here in that place? Um, then today for you would be a day to repent of that, to turn to turn back to the Lord, to turn away from it. Um, are there any of us here today that like Jonah have a people group that we can't stand that we want judgment for? We want we want judgment. We want death for them. Is anybody here that has that heart towards a people group? Today would be a day for you to lay that down. God, I repent of that. That is not your heart. You don't have that heart for, you don't feel that way about anybody. Change my heart, Lord. Today would be the day to turn that in and change that up. Are any of us like Jonah in the sense that we're wasting God's resources on things that are rebellion? God, I'm taking what you've given me and using it to sin against you. Are any of us there? Today would be a day to repent of bad stewardship. God, I repent of misusing what you put into my hands to sin against you and you can turn from it today. He would forgive you today. You can turn from it today. Are there any of us here like the Mariners just didn't really know God been trying all these other things and calling out to stuff that never worked. And, and, and maybe for you today is a day where you encounter the true and living God that you would commit your life and commit your heart to him. Lastly, are any of us here like Jonah and that God has God has preserved you and giving you opportunities. God's preserved you till now that you could turn to him. If you're here today, you know, you realize that, man, God's been speaking to me. and He's done this. And I, I still haven't turned. Let today be the day where you turn, completely turn to the Lord. Amen. Let's pray, family. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, just the lessons already in this book, Lord. And God, I pray um, by your spirit, you would just you'd move among us, Lord. Uh, every one of us here would know how you're speaking to us, if there are areas where you're challenging our hearts, Lord, of areas where we need to surrender, submit, repent. God, I pray that there would be just a, a, a genuine yielding to your spirit, that we wouldn't be like Jonah, Lord, hardening our hearts in rebellion. God, I pray that today we would just humble ourselves in your presence, 
heart to be soft, Lord, and um, yield it to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word. As he teaches through the book of Jonah, this book may seem a bit extraordinary, a giant fish swallowing a man, but it's true. And God orchestrated the whole story. In fact, he knew how the whole thing would play out from the beginning. God is constantly in control, and he's in control of the world now. You may not be able to see beyond the chaos, beyond the storms that brew all around, but God does. He knows how things are going to turn out, and he's continually rescuing his people from danger. Trust him and follow him, no matter what. We're so glad you tune in today. The message you just heard is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And we would love for you to be a part of our time of worship and Bible study. You can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Jonah next time on A Transforming Word.